0: I'm Shauna Van Bogart and this is Just Being. I was asked to officiate my husband's sister's wedding in Mexico. I had spent a month working on the script and I kept deleting every single draft. I was even still working on it at the resort days before the ceremony. I was so honored, so honored to have been asked, and at the same time was having major struggles with it. Two nights before their wedding, still a script undone, I was in tears talking about it to my husband. I just so badly did not want to let them down, and I was totally blocked up over it. Normally, this stuff would flow easily for me. I had plenty to say about marriage, but I just could not get the right words on paper. So my husband sat there with me and held space for me. And obviously it was very emotional. And what poured out of me was the core of what was happening. And that was, I was feeling like this major fraud. I was essentially asking, who am I to officiate this wedding? My marriage, has not been and is not perfect. I've had a history of intimate struggles in my life. I did not feel qualified to marry two people that I thought were so amazing as a couple and that I deeply admired and respected. I'm sitting there crying and I'm letting all this out to my husband and he just looks at me and says, Shauna, no one is more qualified than you to do this no one does the work more than you do the work and no one shows up the way that you show up. You have every right to stand up here and talk about marriage. And man, I really needed to hear that in that moment. He was the perfect person to say that to me. The next night, which is the evening before the wedding, I'm still feeling a little uneasy, not loving what I had scripted so far, and I was given a universal out if I wanted to take it. We're at the resort buffet, and I went to close the lid on what looked like some delicious penne pasta. I wouldn't get to eat it because when I closed the lid, the butane canister that warms the food fell to the ground in a fury of flames. And obviously, like anyone would instinct, I jumped back. And when I jumped back, I looked down to realize that I was on fire and that the fuel from the butane canister had splashed all over my foot and that flames were now engulfing my leg. So, if you've caught on fire before and I really hope I really hope you can empathize with it. It's pretty incredible how stop drop and roll really is the first thing that your mind thinks of. And I Quickly rationalized in my head why that wouldn't work for all these different reasons. And I started thinking, if I could just get to the pool, if I could just jump in the pool, then I'll be safe. And so I pretty much just started running wildly in circles because I'm in a panic and the pool is nowhere close, by the way. And my husband's yelling at me because he's chasing me in my circles. And so I finally hear him say, get your shoe off. And so I stopped long enough that he could put me out. And I will never forget. The sizzling sound as I sat there on the ground, just wide-eyed in pure shock, and he will never forget the smell. So two hours in the private Cancun hospital later, two surgeons and a lot of Mexican pharmaceuticals, and I'm in a tremendous amount of pain. I'm back at the hotel, balled up in bed, and I had every out there was to not officiate this wedding. No one would expect me to follow through if I didn't want to do it. But as painful as that was, that experience lit a fire in me. See what I did there? I mean, I got set on fire the night before and my husband put me out with a tablecloth and it dawned on me that I'm freaking strong. Like I'm a badass. I can handle this. I did handle this. I am handling this and I can do this and not only can I do this, I want to do this. And so the words came to me. It flowed. I was so proud of the couple. I was so proud of myself because I know the Shauna 7 to 10 years ago, hell even 5 years ago, would probably not have handled the situation as well as I did. And what was especially rewarding about it is that I did not feel like I had to prove anything to anyone. That feeling was not there for me. It just was me genuinely wanting it for myself because I genuinely felt strong enough to do it. And I was deeply excited to do it. What's especially cool is that as my foot healed over the next month, a small scab in the worst part of the burn area formed in this perfect heart on my foot. When this went down, as shocking as it was, it really clicked with me just how strong of a person I am, where I realized it was a concept that I had understood in my mind to be true, but it was a moment of realizing that I had fully stepped into the being, the witnessing of myself and how I moved through that experience as a strong person who genuinely wanted to show up not because I had something to prove, I had been given circumstance after circumstance to prove my strength in my life. And despite moving through the motions as someone who was strong, not all the time, but for the most part, I wasn't for a very long time actually identifying with it. Almost like not seeing your own power. Another case of doing but not being. And I see this a lot with my clients. My clients are some of the most intelligent High minded individuals, they're doers, they're ambitious, they're courageous, their left brain ticks like clockwork. But like anyone, they have their blind spots, often around just how big of a badass they are. And those blind spots can really weigh them down. There's a quote that circulates around the internet and it reads Just because I carry it all so well doesn't mean it's not heavy. And I think it's easy to look at high achievers or people who seemingly have it all together and think, What's on the outside is congruent with what's on the inside. This is a part of what drives the pressure high achievers and perfectionists put on themselves because they need to keep up with what they may call their facade. My work is to help clients see those blind spots, see their incongruencies, where they're needing to get light, but also to point out where they're not fully owning what their strength is because they're too close to it. I'm constantly reminding them of this truth, of their gifts, of their power, until they can finally own it for themselves. And it's amazing, such an amazing thing to witness someone finally, not only cognitively understanding, but in being, identifying with and owning that power. And not because they need to prove something, but because it just is who they are. And it's even cooler to see how they channel that strength channel those qualities toward their impact, toward their service. They're no longer doing courageous things. They're just being courageous. In 2008, 10 years prior to being set on fire, I had another year of pretty courageous action. I'm starting the year a few months into my image consulting business. I'm taking clients in the evenings after work and on the weekends, working nine to five in my temporary position at the Air Force Base as a civilian. And what they put on the table for me in that job was a potential to work in a 12-month contract, meaning instead of a temporary hire in a four-month increment that I was sort of living in at the time, they were able to secure potentially a 12-month contract for me, which meant a steady paycheck for 12 months. I was dying to be in my business full-time. There was so much I couldn't do because I was working both simultaneously. But as much as I wanted that, there, of course, was a lot of fear wrapped up into losing that paycheck, losing that security. So I went back and forth on it constantly. I finally committed that I will take that 12-month contract. After justifying, it would give me enough runway to get me organized, to build up a client list, to build up a savings account. I'm called into my boss's office and told that it's fallen through. When I was called into my boss's office and told that this 12 month contract had fallen through, that was bad news, but that was not the worst news. The worst news was that my employment with them was now considered over the very next week. So I didn't even get two weeks to process this. I got essentially four days. I left work early that day and just fell apart in the car ride home. Of course, I had options. I could go get another job. You see how I still sigh when I think about that? (laughs) I could go get another job. I could go get a part-time job. I could go all in. I decided to go all in. And that was a very conscious decision because I knew that if I didn't capitalize on this very rare opportunity, I just didn't know if I would ever be in a position like this ever again. And I think I would have regretted not jumping both feet in and giving it my all. And so I remember, I'm living with my brother at the time and my sister-in-law, and I remember them asking me, you know, what are you going to do? Like any normal person would ask someone who just lost their job. And my response to them was, I'm going to do my business. And they were never, never not supportive. Let me just be very clear. If they had any doubts, if any of my family members had any, any doubts, they were not really expressing those to me, but I think they also knew how fiercely independent I was and they knew me well enough to know that I put a lot of thought into things. And so I was not a careless person. So if anyone was worried, they were not explicitly telling me, but I will never forget the look on their face when they asked me, you know, what are but really, what are you gonna do? And I kept saying to them, well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna do my business. So if I were them looking at a 22-year-old who just lost their job, who didn't have a savings, didn't have any sort of security blanket, yeah, I would be asking that person, but really, what are you really going to do? So I'm sitting here in my ignorant bliss being like, do they not get it? Do they do they not understand what I'm saying? Again, that ignorance is bliss paying off. So fast forward My family moves away on their next military assignment. I stay in Charleston. I start going to every networking event I can go to. Now, this is interesting because, as I said, social media was just getting off the ground in terms of businesses utilizing social media. So I was very new to leveraging that online space, which meant most of where business was happening at the time was still very much face-to-face networking and going out to different events. One of the big reasons that really drove my ability to get out there and go to networking events is that on one of the calls, one of the pick your brain calls with an image consultant, this woman had told me when I asked her what were any downfalls or anything to keep in mind upon entering into the business, which is a great question, by the way, for anyone who's going to pick an expert's brain. She said, I felt lonely. One of the downfalls is you work from home, there's no office, there's no one around, and it can get very lonely. I'm so glad I had that conversation because without it, I probably wouldn't have gotten myself out there to network. That did not come innately to me. I am an introvert, you guys. I am a homebody. I like to be home, I'm very protective of my energy, as we know, I'm highly sensitive. And so, you know, going out and networking was not at the top of my to-do list. And it was terrifying, it was terrifying to walk into a room and have to initiate conversation. And so if she hadn't told me that, I don't know if I would've gone a different route But because she had told me that, it stuck with me. And I just vowed to myself that I never wanted to feel that. I never wanted to feel lonely. So it was more important to me to not feel lonely than it was to be comfortable and stay in my comfort zone and not network. So I just made myself busy. I started getting involved in everything I could get involved in. As I said, that first year in business, clients sort of came out of the woodworks and kind of landed in my lap. It's also a highly referable business. So, you know, the moment someone transformed their image, people notice. They're like, what are you doing? You're different. So my clients were walking billboards. That tremendously helped. And that was also very motivating for me to do a good job because they're walking billboards. So I felt good. I felt like I had purpose. I felt like in a lot of ways I was on top of the world. I was making friends. I hadn't really known anyone in Charleston. I was totally new to the city when I launched my business. So I really built it from the ground up, truly. I was really pushing myself out of my comfort zone. I was in this great flow, at least in my professional life. Now, my boyfriend at the time, the one who posed the question to me about becoming an image consultant, the one who unknowingly activated me into this career over that lunch break, those many months prior, had moved. He had moved to the Northeast. And I obviously had just launched this business in Charleston. So we basically decided to not pursue a long distance relationship. So we were off again for the 18th time. And after all, we had broken up and gone back together, broken up, gone back together. So as much as we le- said, we loved each other. I think we both just knew we didn't have a strong enough foundation to work with. So my family moved away. My boyfriend moved away. I'm alone. I'm just getting as involved as I can. I finally feel like I'm on my own two feet here in the city. But then he starts saying everything I had been wanting him to say. He had been up in the Northeast for about a month and there comes this choice point again. Do I now finally, after hearing from him that he wants to actually make this work, And he wants to get back together and he wants to figure out a way to take things to the next level. Do I finally allow myself to have that? After all, it's been what I've been wanting this whole time. And don't forget, I had also been wanting to make my way up to the Northeast. So it felt like this weird synchronicity. Or do I trust what history has told us that we don't work together and listen to my gut? You know, it's been saying you've ignored major red flags for two years, you know what's best for you, just walk away. Now, some may call this a test. I say the universe never tests you. I really don't subscribe to the whole universe tests you thing. That never felt right to me. I don't believe that that is what the universe does. Testing feels like this sort of vindictive, negative heaviness. The universe doesn't operate in heaviness. The universe doesn't put you in positions that are that black and white. However, it will give you opportunities for growth. It will honor your free will but its main purpose is to aid in the unfolding of who you really are, which is a fully healed, soulful being, and no matter what you do, it's still a choice. Both pathways will lead to growth if you choose to participate in it that way. So what was I going to be more okay with? Honoring myself, yet living with this possible regret, always wondering what if? Or was I going to be more okay with taking the risk which I knew it would be a risk to go both feet back in, but at least then I would know one way or the other. So here's the deal, guys. The answer should have been no. Like a resounding, sound the alarms, big red signs, no, absolutely not. But I could just not let go of that hope, and I was young, you know? So I had not only the evidence, but this gut feeling that this is wrong for me, but I just wasn't strong enough in my self-worth to honor that, I was just way too curious, I just had to know. When I think about the work I do with my clients, I see this similar paradigm play out in their businesses, clutching to old projects, old partnerships, perhaps even an entire business that is just not for them anymore. And every time they get close to walking away or making that necessary or drastic pivot, they start justifying why it is a good fit. We call this making the best of the situation because that fear of the unknown pushes them back into their comfort zone. At this point in my life, I don't deal in lack in my business because lack doesn't exist in my mind. I make hundreds of conscious choices in my week to operate from this perspective. I'm not telling you it's easy and most people will want to push back on that But my conviction to hold firm, to not operate in lack, has allowed me to serve in such a bigger way. I don't clutch to things anymore that I know in my gut are not for me. I don't need to be curious. I don't need to know. I need to trust my intuition. One of the things I think I do really well is make the moves necessary to shift gears, to pivot, to let things go when I know intuitively it's time to do so. And I move quick on it. And you guys, I often don't know what's next. I often don't have the next thing lined up. I often don't have a vision of that next step. I don't know what I'm making space for. I'm just feeling that something needs to be released or a certain program needs to come to a close or I need to pivot in my business or whatever it may be and whatever it's been over the past decade, But I don't always have the known in view. I don't know what I'm creating that space for. I just know because I have so much evidence that when I create that space, the thing shows up. The next thing I'm supposed to do is there. It's purposely putting myself in the unknown and trusting my gut when it starts to feel like I'm clutching to something that needs to be released. I also know this because I know the repercussions of clutching to something that I know over and over and over and over in my gut is not right for me anymore. Making space and releasing stuff is not easy. I make it maybe look easy to those of you that have watched part of my journey and have witnessed me do that, but it's not easy. It's often messy. It often makes no logical sense, but it does pay off 100% of the time and it has never failed me. I am an essentialist for a reason I believe in keeping a free flow of space around you, both in your physical environment and in your mental capacity, because I know that things show up much faster when there's space to move. But I do understand that when you can't see another alternative, it is hard to trust that the next thing will show up or that it is actually there because we're hardwired to avoid the unknown. It's just the way that we're built. But I promise you, if you're feeling like you're clutching to something, if you know you should release something, if you know you should let go of something, trust yourself. The thing that is looking to come through will be able to come through for you when you make the space. Side note, this doesn't always mean you actually change businesses or change career paths. It might not be a drastic change per se in your environment or your circumstance, It could possibly mean that just mentally, you have to let go of an old version of it, or it's time to look at a business or a questionable project with a totally fresh pair of eyes. Blank slating it, I mean completely blank slating it, not bringing any institutional history forward in which to make decisions from. This is basically the same premise of zero-based budgeting, starting from the beginning to make a plan rather than what has always been done. With zero-based budgeting, every line item has to be justified. And it allows you to look at things in present view rather than pulling from history. And there's a lot of advantages to doing this. This, by the way, is pretty tricky to do on your own, which is why having a coach or a mentor, some sort of accountability partner is key. Someone who can be as unemotional about it and as objective about it as possible because they can provide that freshness to you. So before you do that, before you do make any drastic moves or you do go meddling in things that you don't really need to be meddling in, find a third party. Find someone who can have that objectivity to help you get clear. If you are going to go both feet into universal law to operate from the notion that you are infinitely abundant, that means committing to no lack. It requires you knowing, really knowing, and then taking the action as if you really know. There's no lack. You do not have to wait for the next thing to come along for you to set down what is truly not working for you. All you're doing in that moment is perpetuating unnecessary strain in your life. Make the space and it will show up. I promise you and believe me, If it's truly not for you, and you keep it around anyway, the universe will take the wheel and it will start closing doors. I went back to that relationship, despite knowing this for sure isn't right on an intuitive level. I'm sharing this because I want to offer you perhaps a different perspective as you look at your choices and your decisions and the way in which you've moved about your life. And I want to help you rise to a place of empowerment and of consciousness where you're not looking necessarily at a universe working against you or testing you, but a universe working as your equal with its own purpose, with its own responsibility. I also want you to step into a place where you just know that everything is forward progressing, that nature is meant to heal itself. That's what nature does because it's a self-correcting system. Just like our body really is meant to heal itself. And what if there is something higher? What if there is a force greater than ourselves that knows what it's doing and is simply waiting to move based on our intention? So when we are in these decisions, if we can ground into the trust that there is something greater at play, that it's always in forward motion, whose self-correcting healing force is always moving us toward a growth state, toward an evolution state, then at any moment you can embrace the notion that no matter what decision you make, all moves are the right moves. All moves are the right moves. How would life change on a day-to-day basis if you operated under that principle? I don't know how to look at the world any other way except with the notion that all moves are the right moves. It can be very easy to get into overthink. It can be very easy to fall into heaviness around all the things that are going on. Decision fatigue is a very real thing. We have to make a lot of decisions as a business owner. But the moment I take a breath to center myself into the mantra that all moves are the right moves, I can take a big exhale and return to simplicity. I can return to doing what I can with what I have and return to trusting my intuition. And then, Then I can choose what's really, truly best for me in any moment. I don't put myself through unnecessary strain, unnecessary struggle, because I'm fearing the unknown, or I'm waiting for the other thing to come along before I let go of the present thing, or I'm getting into scarcity mindset. What I'm doing is streamlining and collapsing time. There are no missed opportunities because if all moves are the right moves, then nothing is missed. What's for you is for you. You may think you're missing out on something, but another thing will come along equally as desirable. This is what courageous, radical trust in life, in the universe, what it looks like. And if you know that all moves are the right moves, you are agile life and the universe gives you choice because this is a co-creation process it does not test you to see if you're going to pick right or you're going to pick wrong because right and wrong don't exist there's growth and there's growth that's it yes it's going to give you those growth opportunities so embrace them either because you're ready to release something or you're ready to know something but it is still your choice to see it that way and you do have free will to choose your action It's really a matter of how agile you want to be, and that choice is really yours. If you knew in your heart, in your soul, in your whole mind that there are no missed opportunities, how much less energy would you expend overthinking your choices? How much more movement would you be in if you knew, if you knew there were no missed opportunities and all moves are the right moves? I think it's important when we talk about business that we do share behind the curtain as to what goes on in our personal lives sometimes. I can give you so many examples of making a stressful decision in my business, but when I look back on my life, what's remembered more so are the personal ones, the circumstances that weigh the heaviest in my memory and in my heart, and this was one of them. And as I've said, and you'll likely hear me say again, it doesn't matter where you do the work. In your business or in your personal life, one affects the other. There should hopefully be relief in knowing that you don't have to fix it all. Do what you can with one thing that bothers you, one thing you're feeling challenged by. Often, that one thing you work on has its tentacles in all these other things, and those other things organically dissolve as a result of you going deep on the one. Making choices is not so much about do I go left? or do I go right? It's the way in which you move. It's being courageous in your movements. I had a choice to officiate a wedding or justifiably not after being set on fire the night before. Both moves are right. Which one, however, makes me feel the most courageous? I have a hard time regretting the choice to go back into this relationship with my ex because I can see the rightness and how everything needed to unfold. And going back, honestly, felt more courageous to me at the time. I was in a place where I was wanting to open my heart all the way to zero the field and blank slate it. I was up for that challenge despite the risks. So it was a moment of going against my intuition, yes, and now I know what happens as a result of that and I don't need to learn that lesson anymore. But it also felt most courageous to go against my intuition and so be it, that's what I chose. So if you take the right and the wrong out of it entirely, all you're left with is asking yourself, do I wanna be courageous or not in this moment? And I hope you choose courage because courage, my friend, always, always pays off, but sometimes not in the ways you might expect. More to come on Just Being. SVB here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Just Being and that you'll be continuing along this journey with us in the next episode. In the meantime, I have pulled something from my personal toolbox and posted it for you over at my website on shaunavanbogart.com. You will definitely want this in your back pocket. It is for tapping into your truth quickly and getting unstuck fast. It is my personal three sentence journaling hack that I use on a regular basis that helps me get really clear, feel better, and attract what I really want. It's to help me get out of my head and into motion and into inspired action as fast as possible. You can find this tool over at shaunavanbogart.com forward slash get light. Just Being is produced by Jeremy Enns and the team at Counterweight Creative. Special thanks to Sarah Ashman and her team, Shauna Hayter, Michael Weston, and Kelly Elizabeth for making this labor of love look and feel as beautiful as I felt creating it. And to my right hand woman, Jess Butler for always keeping me in line.